What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, it's now time for part three of our top 50 albums of 1972. And as I said at the top of this countdown, every record on this list is pretty damn ownable in my opinion. And of course, as it goes on, it only gets more and more must own, if you will. And I'm excited to kick things off today with this particular band, Tower of Power. Man, what a killer band. I could do a whole series on just the Tower of Power horn section. Those guys got around. But the band that they originated from, the Tower of Power band itself, this is their second album here in 1972, Bump City. Probably the funkiest record of the entire year. And that's saying something, because it's a pretty fucking banner year for R&B, soul, and funk. But this thing is really, really fun. I was super tempted to kick things off with just track one, You Got to Funkifies. It's great. It's a great opener. But I'm going to play this one just in case you've never heard anything from this record. By the way, the album cover, as it stands right now, I'm calling this particular album cover the best album cover of 1972. Until I see a better one on this list, this one has the Duke for now. So while you go look that up online, check out this song from Bump City from Tower of Power. A song that actually references the album title in the lyrics. And you'll hear it, of course. But make sure you turn this one up. This is Down to the Nightclub. Oh, the people be- 
Mama be humping down at the nightclub. How great is that? Oh, my God. Bump City, Tower of Power. What a record. I failed to mention at the top of that there. It came out in May of 1972. Co-produced by the band and Ron Capone. Fun stuff right there. That's a way to kick off a show with Down to the Nightclub. Get yourself some Tower of Power. There's one of those things. You've probably seen these things out and about, especially when CDs were still in the stores. But if you still order CDs... Those, you know, five album sets where it's like the paper thin slip cases that are kind of like album replicas and you get like the five albums in one affordable set. There's one for Tower of Power that you should probably get. Highly recommended. If you just go with the best of, there's a killer double disc that Rhino put out back, I think in the late 90s or early 2000s called What is Hip, if I'm not mistaken, named after arguably their best song. But yeah, get yourself some Tower of Power, man. And go look up the Tower of Power horns if you've got a weekend to spare. Okay, sticking with the soul here. I Did I mention how good soul R&B and funk was in 1972? Well, this countdown's going to keep reiterating that. With Eddie Kendricks, one of the great voices in the history of the game. I mean, most people know him from The Temptations, but what a great stellar solo career this man had. He was a year away from putting out one of the greatest songs of all time. We'll get into that in the 1973 stuff next year, so I won't spoil it. But his sophomore solo album, People, Hold On, came out also in May of 1972. What a what a month for the genre. Co-produced by Frank Wilson, Leonard Caston Jr., and Bobby Miller. Not much else to say other than Eddie's got a killer voice, and I really dig his solo stuff. So that's all I need. Thoroughly enjoyable record for the most part. Not too much filler, just a little bit. But this was the song that jumped out right away with me. So I was like, this is going on the show. So here's the late, great Eddie Kendricks with Let Me Run Into Your Lonely Heart.
From the album People Hold On, that was Eddie Kendricks with Let Me Run Into Your Lonely Heart. Great stuff there. That's one of many records on this countdown that honestly I had never listened to top to bottom until I tackled this. This is one of the other reasons why I do this. It's for me personally. Like, you know, I'm like halfway through my life here, uh, realistically, hopefully. <laughs> and. I'm going to get a little heavy here for a second, if you don't mind. I'm trying to make peace with the fact that I will probably never listen to everything that I want to listen to or watch every movie that I want to watch. But basically, I am trying to make peace with the fact that I will not consume every piece of art that I want to or that I'm intending to watch at some point. So I just, you know, want to get as much done as I can. That's just kind of how I feel right now. But sorry to get all heavy on you there. But I kind of said all that to say this. This is another album that I never listened to. This is definitely one of the big surprises for me because I actually like this guy pretty well on principle. Not like the biggest fan of his music. Like overall, like I would be like a best of, greatest hits kind of fan of this guy. And, you know, his association with the Eagles. I am not even remotely an Eagles fan, but I like the stuff that he's done like when he sings with them. So I'm talking about Joe Walsh. So I've never really approached a lot of Joe Walsh records and be like, I really want to listen to this. And the ones I've tackled for consideration for some of these countdowns that I've already done, 
really haven't made the grade for me, but man, this is an album I was not even remotely familiar with. And it was a big surprise and a true gem of 1972, especially in rock and roll in 1972. And honestly, it's kind of more of a laid back, you know, country folk kind of Neil Youngish kind of record. But man, Joe Walsh fucking nails it on this record. This was the first thing he did after he left the James Gang. So he kind of dialed it back from like the rock and the boogie and went with this record right here. It's called Barnstorm. And apparently, initially, it was just going to be called Barnstorm. They put Joe Walsh's name on there. It seems kind of after the fact, because this Barnstorm was the name of the band, and then it, it's become the name of the album now. But, like I said, I was super surprised by this. And, man, it's one of those, man, I'm going to listen to that one again sooner than later. So, yeah, it left a big impression on me. So if you're looking for a killer gem from this time period, then you could do a whole lot worse than checking out Joe Walsh Barnstorm came out in October of 72, produced by a guy whose name I am going to butcher. So there's not a lot of vowels in it, but let's try. Bill Sismachik. I'm going to go with it. Okay, but uh, yeah, like I said, Joe Walsh really hit a home run on his first true solo outing. And I, I noticed, hey, this guy who I always like to sing his name because that's what Alice did. Kenny Pazzarelli. Yeah, he was referenced in Mr. and Misdemeanor from Easy Action. I guess he was an old friend of theirs from back in the day. But yeah, Kenny Passarelli plays bass on this. Who wrote Rocky Mountain Way with Joe, by the way. But yeah, like I said, just check this record out. It's really freaking cool. So I'm going to play you something off of it. Yeah, I really could have picked most anything off this record. And I think you might have been intrigued as well. But let's go with the album opener. Because I feel like hopefully it'll leave you hanging enough to where you'd want to go check it out. So here you go. From Barnstorm, this is Joe Walsh. And this is Here We Go.
just so I don't feel like any of my time in music theory class was wasted over those years, I'm going to use a $10 word right here. I really dig the crescendo on that song. What a which means the build by the way, a build up where it goes quiet then it gets kind of loud. That's what a crescendo is basically. Okay, but yes, Joe Walsh right there from the album Barnstorm that was Here We Go the opening track off of that record. Go get that record. Yeah, Ripley's trying to get on the show. She's a ham for sure. She's a big old butterball. I love her though. Okay, we're up to number 27 here on the top albums of 72 with a band i don't even know if i've ever played this band on the show either correct me if i'm wrong but this band's called cactus you ever heard of these guys okay so if you've ever heard that record that bba record beck bogart apathy that's a really cool record by the way that's a good classic rock record this is basically two-thirds of that band with different singer and guitar player. Weirdly enough, the rhythm section's kind of the star of the of Cactus. Tim Bogert and Carmine apiece. I said apathy, but it's a piece if it's Carmine, right? Let's get into that whole thing. No, let's not. Okay, and rounding out the band is a guy named Werner Fritz Schings. There's a last name for you. Wow. And a guy named Peter French on lead vocal. Oh, sorry, yes. And a guy named Dwayne Hitchings on keyboards and piano and all that jazz. So yeah, this record called Ot and Sweaty, Ot, like if you're British, you say Ot instead of Hot, I guess, I, I guess that's the thing, came out on August 28th of 1972, produced by Jeffrey Haslam, and kind of like the Kinks album at the top of the countdown, it's a half studio, half live record, but as far as I could tell, it's not previously released material by the band, so it's like they're playing new material on the live part so it does count as a i'm counting it as a studio record in that sense so yeah it makes sense to me right makes sense to you okay let's move on just a fun rock and roll album you know dipped a little bit of blues going on it's all it's got a good hard rock edge to it too that i dig so yeah it was another surprise Ot and sweaty by cactus check this out as a little bit of a sampler right here this one's called telling you
All right, some cactus for you right there. Possibly a debut on Rock Strikes 10 with the song Telling You from Ott and Sweaty. Go check it out. Another band you should definitely check out. You know, another band kind of like a cactus or whatever, kind of off the beaten path of 70s rock. Uh, don't get nearly enough credit. You know, up until maybe about a decade or so ago, I knew this next band for like two things and mostly just associations of Kiss. But this band Argent right here really become a decent fan of these guys over the years. I've got a good amount of their records now. And they have one of the most underrated live albums of all time, too. So, yeah, get into some Argent. Rod Argent and especially Russ Ballard, man. I feel like Russ Ballard is probably one of the most underappreciated artists in the history of rock and roll. Not only is he, you know, a cool musician and a pretty cool band, but, man, that guy is a hell of a writer. And his solo stuff is really good, too. He doesn't get enough credit for that. But just the songs he's written for other people, just stellar, stellar stuff. But, yes, Argent... They put out their third album in July of 1972. It's called All Together Now. Includes easily their biggest hit of their career. At least in the Argent bubble with Hold Your Head Up. You've definitely heard Hold Your Head Up if you've heard nothing else by Argent. Even if you never heard the original Guy Gave Rock and Roll to you, you've definitely heard Hold Your Head Up. It's one of those songs. I need like one 70s comp to feature Hold Your Head Up back to back with... I Just Want to Celebrate by Rare Earth. That would be a killer twofer. But anyway, yes, it does include Hold Your Head Up. That's the opening track on the record. But at the end of side one is a killer nugget right here. So I'm going to play it for you. This is I Am the Dance of Ages.
In case you might be looking for the words, maybe go with my first impression. I feel like that might be the best Deep Purple song that Deep Purple never recorded. But there you go. I Am the Dance of Ages by Argent from All Together Now. Really cool record you should definitely check out. Next up, we got something here way less obscure than a lot of the stuff I played here on this show today. And nothing wrong with that. But yeah, let's move on to a perennial favorite right here. Elton John put out his fifth studio album in 1972 called Honky Chateau. Interesting album title. I know some of it was named after they recorded the album apparently in a chateau, but I guess also the song Honky Cat that's on there, the kickoff track. So I'm going to go with that. Make seems to make sense, as much sense as anything else, if not more so. But, you know, get your torches ready. I Maybe not so much for this one. I don't like Honky Cat all that much, and I'm not the biggest Rocket Man guy. It's fine. I've always just seen it as what it probably really is, just an attempt at space oddity. Hey, you know, yeah, it's a thing. But yeah, it's not my favorite Elton record, but it's got enough highlights in it that it ranked decently well here on this countdown. And, you know, I understand that Rocket Man is a good song and everything. But for me, probably the best well-known song on this album is Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. That's a killer freaking ballad. I will die on the hill that Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's is a better song than Tiny Dancer. We can at least agree that we're not as sick of it, right? Okay, but let's get into something even deeper off this album. A real deep track prior to Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's right there in the middle of side two, Buried. This is a really good one right here. So let's just call it my favorite deep track on the record. This is Amy. Tread on my face if you lie, little lady. Turn me inside out if you have to, baby. But don't you cross me off your list. Young and I ain't never been kissed Never been kissed By a lady called Amy You're far out You're fab and insane 
John for you right there. That album coming in at number 25 here on the countdown. That was Amy from Honky Chateau. And I failed to mention that album came out on May 19th, 1972, produced by Gus Dungeon. Dud Gin. Not Dungeon. Dud Gin. By the way, I did dive a little deep here on Gus. And come to find out, guess what? Not only was he, like, you know, mostly known for being Elton's producer during his peak era, but he also produced Space Oddity. Ha <laughs> ha! Three points for me. There's a little Steve Kerr, nothing but net right there. Okay. All right, speaking of piano men who can write a tune, 
and paint a picture. Very few have ever been able to do it the way that Randy Newman has. Man, I sound like a douchey, snob-ass critic right now. But I gotta say, Randy probably put out his best album in 1972. It's definitely his most lauded, acclaimed record. But honestly, for good reason. I realize some people are out on him just because of his voice. I totally get that. I have those people too. But I gotta say, the writing on this one gives it a pass. Even if you have those kind of hang-ups... You know, there's a reason why a lot of my heroes will tell you this album, Sail Away by Randy Newman, is one of the best albums of all time. I don't think it's one of the best albums of all time. I think it's really damn good. Uh, By the way, it came out May 23rd, 1972, co-produced by Lenny Warrenker, who I know has done a lot of Warner stuff, and Russ Teitelman. And this record probably contains the song that I've known the longest out of any of the songs on any of the albums I listened to in 1972. When I was a kid, probably 75% of my record and tape collection were Muppets-oriented. And and the song Simon Smith and the Amazing Dancing Bear, I always knew was a Muppets song because Scooter sang it and it was on, I think, Muppets album volume two or something like that. So I've known that song as Muppets since I was two or three. And there's a few other songs in here that I'm now familiar with just because of either covers or different references. But I think if you're any kind of music fan, you should at least give this album a listen. You know, I hate to sound like that guy, that critic. And by the way, speaking of which, I need to dial back a little bit because I did see that Robert Criscow gave Tower of Power Bump City a mediocre review. So fuck that guy. Okay, so getting back to Randy Newman's sale on. If you're any kind of music fan, you should at least listen to this album once. You be the judge. Uh, Another thing this album has going for it is that the often covered song, You Can Leave Your Hat On, yes, it was written by Randy Newman, and it originally appears on this album. But I'm going to play you this one right here. This is a favorite because I heard this for the first time opening one of my favorite movies of all time. So here you go. You try to guess it. There's a red... Moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's an oil barge winding down the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. There's an oil barge winding down the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. Cleveland City of Light, City of Magic Cleveland City of Light, you're calling me Cleveland, even now I can remember Cause the Cuyahoga River goes smoking my dreams burn on big river burn on burn 
If you're around my age group, you probably got that one. But yes, that was Burn On by Randy Newman, as I knew it to be the opening credit song that kicks off the movie Major League. Yeah, love it. Watch it every year. Okay, moving on here to the next record. We've got the sophomore album from a perennial favorite in this household, and no surprise here on Rock Strikes 10, ZZ Top. Their second album, Rio Grande Mud, came out on April 4th, 1972. Produced by their manager, Bill Ham. wonder how much production he actually did. Probably more of an executive title, right? But yes, little preview here for our long-promised ZZ Top catalog assessment. And that's coming soon, I promise. Really is going to happen, I swear. But yes, uh, definitely a decent improvement and, uh, you know, evolving from the first album. I think Rio Grande Mud is a better album than the first record. Once again, a little preview of the special we're about to do. Probably my favorite first two songs on any record in 1972, perhaps. Francine and Just Got Paid. I mean, kicking off an album with that, it's going to do really well in a countdown like this. And yeah, a little bit of filler, but even the filler is pretty damn good. I'm going to play you my current favorite deep track on this because I don't think it's going to be formatted into the catalog assessment special. So let's go with this one for right now and spotlight it from Rio Grande Mud. This is, of course, ZZ Top and the song Whiskey and Mama. Show them no. 
Coming in at number 23 on the top 50 albums of 1972. That might seem a little low for a lot of people that might know me pretty well, but with the stuff we got coming up, I, I don't think it's too low. I think it's just in the right position. There you go, Rio Grande Mud by ZZ Top. 23 is really damn good on this kind of a list because there's some quality shit still on the horizon. And we continue on with this one right here. This is kind of a tied entry, honestly, coming in at number 22. I mentioned this on some previous episodes when a artist does two albums in the same year, I'm trying to get him to have a shared space and kind of average out the points of the record, leaning on the stronger of the two albums for sure. And with this kind of an artist, the two albums he put out in 1972, probably not even arguably his best records. They really are. So Al Green, one of the all-time great soul singers, Al Green put out two records in 1972. Let's Stay Together and I'm Still in Love With You. Now, of course, Let's Stay Together is the signature song. It's the most famous Al Green song, hands down, by a galaxy. But I gotta say, and not just to be contrarian, but I'm Still In Love With You is the better record of the two, for sure. People will buy Let's Stay Together, you know, just because of what it's called, I think. But if you want the best Al Green album, you get I'm Still In Love With You. So that's the true number 22 here in 1972. But... Just because, I mean, he's so on fire this year, I'm going to make it a tight entry. So yes, but officially, I'm Still In Love With You came out October 23rd of 1972, produced by Willie Mitchell, recorded in the great city of Memphis, Tennessee, and it's going to be a rarity here on Rock Strikes 10, but I agree with all the critics. You, after I get past the initial production credits here on Wikipedia, you see all music, even fucking Chris Gow, who I hate, Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, all that shit. Five stars across the board on this one. So even they agree this is Al Green's greatest record. It's one of those times where the critics are actually right. So yeah, for an album that has my favorite Al Green song, Love and Happiness. I mean, that song is fucking cool. Actually, I'm a Ram is really good too. There's a, there's a lot of fucking good Al Green songs. But yeah, Love and Happiness, probably the best overall song on this record. You got him covering Roar Orbison's Pretty Woman on here. I mean, it's it's a killer record. I'm going to play this one right here because I kind of feel bad for this song. It's sandwiched between the title track and Love and Happiness. So I feel like it doesn't really get the due. So I'm going to give it up for this song right here. Track two on the record, I'm Glad You're Mine. Oh, baby, why 
I'm glad you're mine from his best album, I'm Still in Love with You, coming at number 22 here on the top 50 albums of 1972 countdown. So we only got one more left for today. Coming in at number 21, yet another stellar entry here for all the great soul and R&B records in 1972. And this one's just a little bit funky, and it's really, really good. This is another one where it's got a monster song on it, but the whole album really is killer top to bottom. Talking about the OJs and their debut album, by the way, coming in hot with, you know, debuting with what might be their best album ever. And I can't say for sure if it is or not, because I haven't done the whole catalog yet, but I'm going to make a point now because, man, let's see how well they did after this, because this is a lot to live up to. This album, Backstabbers, is great. It's weirdly sequenced in the sense that, but I don't know. I mean, actually, the whole album's pretty heavy handed as far as like the theme and tone of it all. Uh, with the, the title track here early on and stuff like Listen to the Clock on the Wall. I mean, songs about cheating, you know, the whole thing. So it's a little bit of a dark record in that sense. But then right at the very end, I mean, you think it's buried, but maybe it's one of those things like, you know, good vibrations. Let's save it to the end. So right at the very end of the album, you got their signature song, Love Train, just bringing it home. I mean, yeah, why not, right? So, yes, yeah, really is a great record. I'm going to go ahead and go with the title track right here because even though it is famous, it's not nearly as famous as freaking Love Train. And who doesn't love Love Train? But I love this song as well. Always makes me think of one of my favorite period piece movies of the 70s. And that's Carlito's Way. And just, of course, this song is prominently featured in it. So here you go. The title track from this album It's the OJs with Backstabbers. <laughs> Thank you. 
Closing out the show here today and coming in at number 21 on the top 50 albums of 1972. That was the OJs with Backstabbers. Love it. Love it. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and end the show right here because we've we, we already played 10 songs. There's no more show today. But please join me for the rest of this countdown, man. I know I said that it's going to keep building. I feel like this particular episode, the records did get a lot better. And as much as I loved albums number 50 through 41, I think we jumped into a different level with numbers 30 through 21. But we're going to hit a really good upper echelon starting at number 20. I mean, you'll know what I mean when you hear it. So you got to stay tuned, stay subscribed and all that stuff. Write reviews, buy a shirt, message us for that. But for all the extra additional plugs, stay tuned here for the next few minutes, will you? For my better half, Nola followed by the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. So take it away, Noah. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high quality, soft as heck, next level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. And the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on Sirius XM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.
Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it.